What's up, y'all? This is Jose from Positively Cynical. I want to welcome you all to another episode of the podcast, and I want you to say hello to a friend of mine. Friend of mine, introduce yourself, please. What's up? Uh, question here. What's up? Question there. Um, so what's going on, question? How you doing today? You feeling all right? Uh, as good as can be, I guess. How about you? I am doing wonderful and I am, I am swimming. I'm doing swimmingly. I am lovely. And I am actually disheartened by the topic that we have to discuss today. And it was, it was tough sort of, it was tough researching it, but let's do the, the quick disclaimers pretty quick. This is going to be a controversial one. Um, I guess they tend to be controversial episodes sometimes. I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, so we are recording remotely. Uh, we recorded last week in the same room, but we will not always be able to do that. So we're recording, we are recording remotely this week. If there are any sound issues or artifacts, you can slide into our DMs on Instagram, on uh, Twitter. Instagram, you can find us at Positively Cynical. On Facebook, you can find us at Positively Cynical as well. On Twitter, at Cynic Positively, it's all backwards and all that stuff. And let us know on our DMs how we're doing. If there's any sound issues or artifacts, slide up in there. Give us some comments. Let us know ideas for future episodes. Anything you want to talk about. You can also reach out to us at PositivelyCynicalPodcast at gmail.com. So reach out to us there. And of course, the best way to support the Positively Cynical Podcast is to engage on our social media platforms. Again, Instagram, Positively Cynical, Twitter, Cynic Positively, Facebook, Positively Cynical. Comment, like, rate, share, and subscribe on our posts. And we'll do the same for you if you're looking to generate some engagement for your small business podcast or art or any kind of thing that you're looking to promote. So this is going to be a fun episode, isn't it? Question. This is going to be a, oh, yeah. another fun episode after... Uh, the most recent episode that we recorded, the Derek Chauvin episode. That was another fun one, wasn't it? Yeah, these don't really go from uh, being uh, very happy conversations. Um, I was kind of dreading this, to be honest. Um, I guess since the downfall of uh, someone that uh, I guess we all used to love and revere but uh things have kind of uh <laughs> i've taken a turn for the worse taken over the years haven't they have taken quite a turn for the worse next week we're going to be a little bit more lighthearted. i promise i mean we're going to have some fun with uh with tucker swanson mcneil carlson i think that's his fucking name tucker swanson McNeil, oh god mcneil carlson or not next week in a couple of weeks when we release our next episode so we're going to have a little more fun with that one and it's not going to be as much doom and gloom as today's episode, what, what you were you were raising? No, I was going to say. Well, no, I was going to say that's going to be a that's going to be a fun episode. It's really? going to be fun because we're going to have more fun with it. We're gonna we're gonna play with that one a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna in we're gonna caricature a little bit in that episode as opposed to this one. Where we're gonna have to. I mean, it's kind of hard to 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 caricature what we're about to talk about today, which is uh, America's dad, Mister Jello Pudding, uh, Mister. William Henry Cosby Jr. is the topic for the day. And 
What are we going to talk about in, in regards to William Henry Cosby Jr.? Well, what isn't there to talk about, I guess, is the conversation today. <clears throat> yeah, it goes from it goes from do we want to say from bad to worse? I don't want to say it goes from bad to worse because again, the the Derek Chauvin conversation was definitely a little bit soul sucking and soul crushing. Um, but here we are talking about America's dad. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess that's I, I guess that's always been in quotes, especially now. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, very much so now. Let's let's get into the the history of this a little bit so we can get a context settled a foundational context settled for those of you that have not maybe gotten all the details for who bill cosby is and what he's in the news for right now what occurred recently related to some criminal charges and well basically him having been in prison we'll get to that so quick history for mr william henry cosby jr he was born in 1937 in Philadelphia to Anna Pearl and William Henry Cosby Sr. He had three siblings. He was one of four children. Uh, so he was born in Philadelphia, and he lived there, of course, until he dropped out of high school in the 10th grade and decided to join the Navy. In the Navy, he acquired his GED, and he got his high school diploma, and then he went over to Temple University to get an athletic with an athletic scholarship in track and field. Uh, while he was attending Temple University, he was working as a bartender. And as bartenders do, he interacted with his customers, his clients. He would make jokes. He would tell stories. And, well, you know, while doing that job, he was encouraged to get into comedy. And so he dropped out of college at the age of 20 and decided to pursue a career in comedy. He started doing stand-up. He ended up on shows like The Tonight Show and things like that. So he actually was very successful at comedy from a very young age, uh, very quickly in comparison to a lot of people who have to pay their dues for a very long time. Uh, in 1964, he married Camille Hanks, and with her, he had five children. Um, in 1965, he was the first African-American to star on a network television show when he was one of the stars of the show I Spy. Um, he went on to create such shows as Fat Albert, shows that were educational and great for children, other shows that kind of created his I iconic standing. Um, and in the 1970s, he received a master's of of uh, a master's and a PhD in education at the University of Massachusetts. Um, after Fat Albert and successful shows like that, he was actually not really into doing kids TV. He was just doing it for the money. He went back to doing comedy albums. He won six Grammys. And then on September 20th, 1984, the thing that we, we basically all know Bill Cosby for, if you didn't know him for anything else, the Cosby show aired for the first time. Um, obviously the Cosby show for those of you who are not super familiar with it, maybe just know a little bit about it or know of it, it was an immensely popular show. Um, it changed the dynamic of network television. It was probably the first show that depicted a, a black upper middle class family that was just normal, a normal American family with you know, five kids, you know, good jobs, good careers. They were smart. They were they were well-spoken, they were educated. So it was a very different dynamic on television compared to what we saw before that, which was 
all people of color on television were criminals and, and ne'er-do-wells and weren't really represented very well until essentially Bill Cosby with this show and with the producers of the show changed the game. Uh, so he made about a million dollars a year on that show. He insisted that his name be in the title. And in 1992, the show ended. So there we go. That's a little bit of backstory uh, about Bill Cosby's career. Okay. So question, I'm going to start by opening the floor. I'm, I'm leaning on you a little bit these last two weeks, I promise you, or these last two episodes. I promise you for the, the following episode, I will allow you to lean on me a little bit more emotionally for these conversations. <laughs> so, All right. you know, we're, we're, let's, let's start with, with that context in mind for our listeners. Again, those who are, are intimately familiar with Bill Cosby and those who are not as familiar with Bill Cosby and maybe just know him about or from the criminal charges or from the Jello pudding commercials or for some of the re- more recent stuff. Can you speak to what Bill Cosby, and this is a broad question, what did he mean to the, to at least to you as a member of the black community or maybe, you know, speak to it as best as you can. I don't want you to obviously speak for all black people. Um, but give me, if you could, some context on Bill Cosby, the entertainer, the black American and go. Yeah. I know it's broad. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you can, you can I keep guess. it kind of short. I know it's a very, very broad topic, but do the best you can. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, well, I, I guess to start, uh, I guess as you put it, I don't think I'd be speaking for all black people. Um, I guess I can only speak for myself. Uh, maybe, maybe but, for some people close to you at best, but for well, yourself first I mean, and foremost. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess you had a good way of putting it. Uh, it was, it was pretty nice seeing a black family on television that was depicted as being successful. Um, as being not necessarily even wealthy, but you know, like they, prior to the Cosby show, let's put it this way. I can't think of many, if any TV shows that, uh, depicted black families, um, as being, uh, professionals, um, you know, Bill Cosby is a doctor on the show. Mm-hmm. Claire Huxable was a lawyer. Um, you know, I, I can't think of any shows uh, that had families, black families, um, where they were successful in their careers. They were moving up, um, you know, where they had five kids, like you said, that were well-educated, um, that... Uh, well, all of them were well-educated. All of them were successful, right? Because you have maybe, so you have Sanford and Son, right? That's a, pre, a, a precursor. But I mean, yeah, they I mean, were successful is, is a loose term because they what, they own the freaking junkyard, right? Like something some like that. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, yes, there are, there are levels of success. Not to say that owning a junkyard is not successful. You know, you're an entrepreneur. Um, I, I, I think just, you know, as far as, I mean, like how you describe it, an upper middle class, um, you know, dare I say rich, 
you know, black family, you know, there weren't really many of those portrayed of any on television. Um, or at least one of the things that Bill Cosby, maybe not the nuclear family, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, I'm just going to throw some examples out there. Well, no, just no, no, to, no. Just to, well, hold on. Hold well, just to, just to well, throw this in there. I mean, you have the Jeffersons also and, and go ahead. I just want to throw that in for a little bit of context, but they didn't, they didn't, you know, there was, there was very different than, than the Cosby show. I mean, that, that, I mean, that was a different dynamic. Um, not to say, I mean, you're right. You know, and the Jeffersons were created, you know, pretty much because of that, you know, they're, you know, in response to the, hey, why aren't there many successful black families on television? You know, you're absolutely right. The Jeffersons was a direct response to that. Um, but the Cosby show was a little different, though. I think, you know, A, at least for me, you know, you know, for the 80s, you know, it was kind of a different dynamic on, I guess, that Jefferson spin. Um, you know, the Jeffersons portrayed, you know, again, entrepreneurs, you know, they moved on up to the east side, you know, again, success. Famously. This is a different... Yeah, this was a different type of success. Um, and yes, there were black nuclear families that had been portrayed on television. Um, but again, not, you know, as being wildly successful or being even comfortable. I mean, you know, you look at shows like, say, Good Times. Um, and yes, there was a nuclear family. Um, but again, you know. It was a struggle. It, it, it's a, it, was, it was a struggle. I mean, the yeah. title of Good Times was it, ironic, right? Like. Yeah, I guess that's the point. But, you know, again, you know, you have to take a lot of things into consideration. I mean, the times, location, um, you know, for the times, the Cosby show it was iconic. You know, um, Bill Cosby went out of his way, it seemed, um, you know, to portray successful, you know, black people, not just his family. Um you know, on the shows you would see at times he would give opportunities to other people. You know, the show is also known, you know, uh, for being, you know, kind of, I want to say welcoming, but like open to other comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, he, clearly he had friends in the industry. So, you know, it was pretty cool to see, you know, a very, very, very positive reflection of your own people. You know, very, very um, positive and the cool thing about com- it, like you said, comfortable because you know, good times again was was colored well, by how difficult it was. I mean, and comfortable even in in the the it's a godforsaken thing for me to say this, but like comfortable in a way, and this is important as unfortunate as it is, but comfortable in a way that we made a whole bunch of white people real, real comfortable. Yes, I, and and in a way, he made it normal for, I guess, not necessarily. I, not necessarily white America, but I guess if you want to have a, you know, paint a broad brush um, to say that, yeah, this is normal. You know, we can be successful. And, you know, look what it stemmed as far as other shows. I mean, the Cosby um, show was, you know, was wildly uh, successful again with everybody in America, whereas the Jeffersons and Good Times had a, had a specific demographic. More well, so. I mean, the Jeffersons is very popular. They're both very popular shows. I mean, they're all very popular. Um, but the Cosby show is just, like I said, I think for the time, um, you know, I mean, 70s to 80s, you know, just the evolution of that, you know, that black nuclear family as being portrayed on television. Like the Jeffersons started it off, Good Times started it off in a different sort of way. But the Cosby show kind of evolved that, you know, it kind of made it a next level kind of thing. You know, it's like, all right, you know, there's a positive portrayal of a nuclear family. It might not be in the best situation, although Good Times. Um, the Jeffersons, it's a different dynamic, like I said. But the Cosby show, it was just, I know I'm just rambling, but it was, for the time, it was definitely a positive portrayal. And then, you know, to spin off of a different world, you mm-hmm. know, that in of itself, I mean, 
you know, what that meant as far as, you know, a different dynamic, you know, showing, you know, black higher education, um, a historically black college, you know, um, and all that, you know, that came with it as far as, you know, being proud of that, you know, and what goes on there. I mean, he tried to open up, you know, I guess you can say white America to, you know, the black experience on a different level, you know, um, and say, yeah, this is, and try to normalize it, I guess you can say. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop. Okay, no, I, that was, <laughs> I, I, can keep I appreciate it. No, I, I appreciate that little bit of context because I know it's, it's hard to summarize in a nutshell what Bill Cosby, what his show, what all of that meant to, to black America. I mean, there's something, there's a, there's a published idea of something called the Cosby effect, right? Where it normalized. And this is, this is a, something that I kind of hate talking about, right? Like the normalization of people, but in, in, in a horrible sense, that's really like kind of what ends up moving this, this, this really stubborn racist, sometimes shitty nation that we call America forward is a normalization of a lifestyle. That's how we've gotten some progress in the last however many decades, centuries since this, this whole experiment started. Um, well, I mean, by people, I mean, when you've been treated as an other throughout the history of this country in a lot of ways, um, I didn't even think about it when I, I mean, I guess I said it as far as normalizing, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's sad to say that, especially again going this far into the '80s, you know, it's not that far, you know, removed. We're not far. Ah, we're not that far removed from that, I should say. Um, keep going. Yeah. Just, just, just. Yeah. Just. Keep okay. Going. So. <laughs> so with Bill, um, again, with the context of Bill Cosby, and I thank you for summarizing that. We have to get to, of course, the reason that we're we're talking about him more specifically today, um, which is this icon who was, you know, who had these allegations. And I think you have to, you mention that when you speak about these criminal charges and, and these allegations, these cases that he was convicted in, and then the, the conviction being vacated, which we'll try to summarize as best as we can here in a moment. But Bill Cosby, there's something interesting about the fact that he had this portrayal of himself as America's dad, which even if you go back to say 1965, there were allegations against him. And this is basically when he just got into the, into his career. He had just started his, his career. As soon as he was on iSpy, basically from back then there are allegations from up to now about 60 different women that Bill Cosby assaulted them, drugged them, raped them, all of these various allegations. And we come back to the modern day. We get to 2004, where all of this, this kind of comes to a head for the first time. All of these decades and decades and decades of allegations against this man, which in a sense, because of his standing in the black community, he was able to deflect to a certain extent because of his his iconic status as America's dad, which there's a very, very horrible underlying context there, which we could unwrap in a whole other entire episode. But I think we'll try to our best to keep it to this part of the conversation. Um, so in 2004, Andrea Constan brought criminal charges against Bill Cosby, and those charges were dismissed 
in 2005 for lack of evidence. So a civil suit was brought in 2005 and settled out of court by Andrea Constand and other uh, plaintiffs uh, in 2006. Okay. So that was settled quite a long time ago with Andrea Constand. Nothing ever came of it in terms of criminal charges. And then we get to 2014. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty random how these things go, essentially, in terms of how public opinion can change. And it's really, it's really amazing how even you look at how things have been normalized, quote unquote, how things have progressed, quote unquote, in the time since these allegations of 2006, you get to 2014 and Hannibal Burris is at a, at a stand-up comedy show in Philadelphia, of all places, where the birthplace of Bill Cosby. And he was addressing in a joke something else that Bill Cosby is known for in the community, which is something that makes him divisive. His, his tendency to talk down to young black men about you know, their lifestyle and mode of dress. Um, he's famous for the, the pound cake speech in 2004 in the, at the NAACP, in which he essentially said that if a young black man was stealing from a store, then it was more than justified for the police to shoot them. And he just spent a whole long amount of time at this NCAA speech just railing against black people and blaming them for their plight. And we get to 2014, Hannibal Burris is making a joke and talking about that, that uh, those criticisms of young black men, especially. Um, and the joke in the joke, he says really rather innocently, yeah, but you raped women, Bill Cosby. So that kind of brings you down a couple of notches in the way that Hannibal Burris tends to like kind of understatedly deliver these lines. And as we've become, I guess, more aware and, and uh, again, to use those terms that I don't really like to use in this, in, in this instance, just to kind of move the conversation forward, normalized and made progress since 2005. In 2014, it, it was something that after decades and decades and decades of allegations, it came to a head and essentially public opinion turning on Bill Cosby led to, um, led to in a sense, uh, new trials, new allegations, um, and the reopening of the case from 2004, the, the Andrea uh, Constand with her allegations of aggravated assault. Um, so that was reopened in 2016. In 2017, there was a mistrial. Then in 2018, the trial, the second trial against Bill Cosby occurred, and he was convicted on three felony counts of aggravated assault. On September 25th, 2018, he was put in prison for three to 10 years, which for most people was effectively the rest of his life. And then we come to where we are today, all right? We are recording this episode on July 11th before we release it on July 12th, 2021. Um, so that puts us about two weeks out, June 30th, 2021, where Bill Cosby's conviction was vacated on a, a technicality, essentially. Um, so question, if I could turn it over to you, um, why don't you explain what essentially happened in this vacated conviction and how it ties to the 2005 civil suit? Just explain it as best as you can and we'll move the conversation from there. 
Well, I, I guess from what I understand, the long and short of it, um, the same prosecutor that uh, defended, in quotes, our former president, Donald Trump, um, whose name just escaped me right now, um, he essentially brokered a deal with Bill Cosby uh, prior to the civil case, more or less saying that uh, if he essentially were to cop to the things that he had done in the past um, in the civil case, uh, he would assure that Bill Cosby wouldn't be charged in a criminal case somewhere down the line. Um, that didn't happen in this instance uh, because a criminal case uh, was brought before court in Pennsylvania and he was convicted and he essentially uh, was convicted based on the allegations and the things that he had more or less admitted to during the civil suit. And more or less, I wouldn't say it's double jeopardy, but uh, based on the deal that he had uh, with the prosecutor, uh, those essentially were the grounds that could be used for him in order to say that the case that was used against him criminally could be thrown out, which the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania thought was uh, the case. And here we are. Yeah, I mean, essentially it was dealing with the Fifth Amendment and the the act of self-incrimination. And because he incriminated himself in that civil suit, it couldn't be brought up in a, in a, a criminal trial. It's It's really kind of a mess. As to how this thing occurred, um, and oh, and the one thing that you also have to—oh, sorry, not to, not to cut you off—but the one thing also to remember, or at least to bear in mind, is that uh, there doesn't seem to be anything in writing. This is all uh, a verbal agreement. Um, but the prosecutor, the prosecutor in this instance, has admitted that there was such a deal in place, and as such, that's as good as. Uh, a, verbal, a verbal agreement is as good as a legal binding agreement. So, again, here we are. I mean, in the lies of the law, that's Sorry. generally the case. The name of the attorney, by the way, um, I didn't want to cut you off, but the name of that attorney was Bruce Castor, the one that you so Thank you. Uh, lovingly referred to. And I can give you a little bit of context from an interview I heard uh, with Bruce Castor very recently in the last couple of weeks, I would imagine, regarding what his idea was behind cutting that deal because he was a, a criminal attorney. So he kind of cut this deal in between the the criminal case in 2005 and the, the, the civil case in 2006, uh, which again was settled out of court. But his idea was what he wanted to do was to get as much evidence for the civil suit. Again, these, these are his words. He wanted to get as much evidence for the best possible outcome in a civil lawsuit uh, and so that's why, according to him, in his own words, he decided to cut this deal with Bill Cosby. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there is actually a lawsuit between Andrea Constand and Bruce, Const Bruce Castor um, f that is related um, to to this, uh, well, essentially to, to all of these, I guess, machinations, all of these confusing legal things that occurred in the background. And so that's his explanation for why he wanted to do that. I mean, I don't know. Do you have any, like, any thoughts on on what his reasoning for it was? Uh, I mean, you, you kind of put it right when you said it was pretty confusing. I mean, 
He essentially broke a side deal. You know, I, I, I mean, the way that Bill Cosby more or less uh, explains it, it seems as, you know, he could have basically pled the fifth until the day he died. Mm-hmm. And he never would have gotten convicted because, again, the right to self-incrimination. He essentially waived that to admit what he did um, in order, I guess, to pay financially as opposed to criminally. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in the eyes of the law, especially if the prosecutor says there was such a deal legally, it sucks, but there's nothing else that you can do. Um, but he, good Lord, he has good lawyers. I mean, it really just goes to show, I mean, and I, at the sake of going down another rapid hole. I was, that's the one I wanted um, to go down next, actually. So oh, the, go right ahead. The legal justice system rabbit hole? All right. Well, I mean, it really goes to show just I mean, what money can buy. A rich black man is, is sort of a contradiction in terms when it comes to the legal system, but also not, right? Well, hey, all money is green, right? At least in America. All money is green, um, yes. And money talks. Um, you know, if he didn't have the money... Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure he'd still be. If he didn't have the money, he would have been convicted a long time ago, probably. You know, I mean, because of his high price lawyers, that's another reason why he probably it took so long to convict him in the first place. I mean, there've been charges against him since 1965, since he was yeah, no, a- since he was just starting out as a comedian. So like, he had high powered lawyers in like 1964, 1965. If he was able to get these things, I mean, actually, let me not say that. Okay, because I, I do want to say also, especially in 1964, 1965, and it's still a yeah, fucking mess. But even bringing forth these sorts of sorts of allegations is is a fucking clusterfuck for any person that wants to accuse someone of sexual assault, as we've seen over the last few years, because it's just started a conversation on who we should believe, which. Again, that's another rabbit hole. We might get into that later. Well, and it also go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, mean, I was going to say. I mean, I, I, I guess we can go down several avenues. But yeah, another one is, I mean, not just not necessarily just money, but what connections can buy, or you know, if you're too big to fail, so to speak. I mean, he himself was kind of like a one man enterprise. You know, I mean, if he went down, you know, a lot of things went down with him as far as what well, the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, endorsements, that sort of thing, you know, unfortunately in these situations and, and uh, as in others, like you see with Harvey Weinstein, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. A lot, a lot of times, you know, you give somebody an inch as far as power and I mean, they take full advantage and there are others that feel as if they can't speak up. And you mentioned, I mean, when these first allegations occurred, I mean, that was the mid sixties. I mean, it's hard enough to get people, you know, women, you know, to you know to have someone believe them when it comes to you know sexual assault I mean, nowadays. Can you imagine fifty years ago? I mean, good I mean Lord. to be frank, not, like, I, just I chose up. my words pretty carefully because it's not just for women either. I mean, just look at the the today true. with Kevin Spacey, you know, all of those things that occur with Kevin true, Spacey, that, that's true, and all of those allegations against him over the years and the money that and the power that he still wields. Right, because he he never was convicted of anything in the same sense that Bill Cosby was. No, he was just blackballed. That's all. Which not I really. Mean, he was he's just still, basically convicted. He's making movies like he's not making movies for Hollywood Is and he? shit like that. But he's making a movie. So Kevin Spacey. Let's not get too deep into that because again, that's we're, we're going to we have rabbit holes we can go into. We're not going to go there. 
Yeah. Spacey is making a movie right now, and I forgot the name of the movie, but he is playing a, a investigator who is investigating child abuse. Kevin Spacey is. And pedophilia, I believe, to be even more specific. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So the the it wasn't me defense got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. again. Hey, oh again, alleged. You're right. He was he hasn't been convicted in the court of law, so these are all alleged allegations to this mm-hmm. point. Um, but again, the court of public opinion, and I guess in the court of Hollywood, right? I mean, they've already made their decision as to whether or not he was guilty or innocent or is guilty or innocent, I should say. And the same goes for Bill Cosby. I mean, and OJ, I mean, you know, if you want to kind of, you know, paint that same brush again, you know, you may be innocent in the eyes of the law, in quotes, um, but public opinion is always going to more or less brand you as someone who's guilty. And again, also to add this other layer, just because Bill Cosby is free doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't do what he did. You know, all all he was released on was a technicality. But, you know, he is on record, at least civilly, as saying, you know, I did do things that were illegal in nature, you know, to her and to others. Um, and again, just by way of a loophole is the only reason why he's free. But it's not to say that, you know, he wasn't convicted by a jury of his peers, right? You know, the legal system worked in that instance. And they used his own words against him in that trial. Granted, again. Which is not <laughs> legal. Unlawfully in this instance. So... There, it, it, you can kind of tie yourself in knots when it comes to this whole situation. I mean, that's that's why this episode is like especially difficult to a certain extent because there those laws do exist for a reason. But I'm not like qualified legally in order to say whether the 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 actual implementation of laws like that ends up serving justice. I know it's vague. I know that's a broad way to put it, but it's it's really odd in this case because when you you admit to doing these horrible things and in some cases the reason you can't be convicted of them which is something that's changed in in California and other places thanks to the brave women who have come forward they've changed some of the laws regarding regarding the statute of limitations for these crimes but even Lily Bernard who was one of one of Bill Cosby's accusers who was on the Cosby show and and this is the way that he preyed on women he would promise them like like Harry Weinstein, like many others, he would. It's the 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 um, cliched, uh, the proverbial casting couch, right? You you do these things in order to achieve fame and wealth and and be in movies and television. And she was unable to bring charges because of statute of limitations. So it 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 is a really really slippery slope slope when you have to talk about something like this legally, but. Here's another question I have in relation to this, and I want to relate it still and keep it at least at the moment to money and black men and the power that money can allow them to wield. Because a lot of the conversation when he was convicted is one, he was one of the first wealthy, powerful men, and he was a black man to be convicted in the the Me Too era, as they call it. And again, I, I kind of hate these terms, um, but in in the era where we finally woke up as a civilization, at least to some extent, and started the to accountability yeah, era, like we started to be like, hey, like <laughs> fucking, let's believe people who are making these accusations at the very least, uh, you know, and, and investigate them. But 
there's this conversation and indeed there's even like almost a, a, a legend right in the black community where they're doing everything they can and in this case maybe bill cosby was framed all these women were paid off in order for the man or somebody else to bring a black man down because that's a part of the conversation in 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 the black community is it not i've heard it before with with other black artists comedians actors black powerful black people isn't it well i well i mean that's always been a part of the conversation i think that's why a that's why I mean I think that's part, that's why it's taken so long in a lot of instances. Um, or at least in this well, instance, what's, what's taken so long? Can you? Um, well, I, well, I, you know, if, if for those that are in the camp that Bill Cosby, you know, is not guilty, yeah. um, a lot of it does stem from, you know, again, kind of like you know how why are you trying to keep you know a successful black man down more or less? Mm-hmm. You know, you you're going to take one of the at the time few, you know, wildly successful mainstream crossover you know you know black in this instance superstars mm-hmm. you know at least on you know in, in, in hollywood and mm-hmm. yeah and essentially you're gonna look for ways to poke holes in that you know like it's essentially it's kind of like why, why can't we have anything good you know <laughs> i mean the one thing <laughs> you know as far as you know something that you know like, as far as like you know uh, a person you can look up to at least on tv you know at the time that's like damn it you know, you, you can't even just have this in a sense, you know. Um, it, it, I know it's it, it's it's a hard conversation to have. Um, but again, you, you can't deny literally the man said what he said as far as, you know, his own words were used against him. And, you know, it's not to say he was convicted in the court of law. You know, it's you can no longer say it's alleged that he did these. He did these things. You know, a jury of his peers found that he was guilty. No matter what's in the calendar, what loophole, or what loophole, you know, he's found in order to get himself free, he was convicted of this crime. Yeah, I mean. Having said all that, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, again, like in the 80s and the 90s, you know, with the amount of power that he had, who he was, the influence he wielded, what he meant to the black community. I mean, it was awfully hard. It still is awfully hard to see him as being a sexual predator. I just, I can't wrap my head around Cliff Huxtable, like raping people. I just, I, I can't, I'm sorry. Like even, uh, you know, if you watch the show nowadays, you know, if, if you do, you know, I mean, it just, it, it, it's it's hard to wrap your head around. I mean, it's even you know from like you know the black perspective. I mean, just for, as a kid growing up in the eighties. I mean, you grew up with this family. You grew up with this guy. I mean, the men sold each other pudding. You know, <laughs> I mean, he was always seen as like this innocent, you know, just like a, lovable guy. Like a you, know, you wanted him to be your dad. Yeah, he was like. I mean, he, you don't just call you're not called America's dad just you know arbitrarily. I mean, he was virtue. You know, you wanted him. To be, <laughs> yes, you wanted you wanted him to be your dad, and basically to hear that you know who you thought was a cool dad basically is capable of doing all this. I mean, it just. Oh man! Let's like I said, it just it's hard to wrap your head around. Well, let's let's try to wrap our hand, head around it a little bit more with some of the statements that he made in that deposition. The deposition that ended up being the famous one wrapped around this vacated conviction, which 
let's talk about what he said here for a second and see how we can move forward with this. So this is from a, a CNN article, and it, it'll give us some highlights from Bill Cosby 2005-2006 deposition. And what a word to use, actually, highlights, right? But anyway, <laughs> as per CNN, these are highlights from Bill Cosby's deposition. Highlights, again, in quote, unquote, since you can't see me, I'll say that. Um, so Cosby denies any criminal acts, but says this about a Jane Doe. Uh, oh, sorry here. She, so she believes she was not in the position to consent to intercourse after you gave her the drug. Do you believe that is correct? Bill Cosby. I don't know. Uh, question is why, why don't you know? Bill Cosby, that's her statement. I don't know. How many years ago are we talking about? 1970 what? All right. Another another excerpt. I'm going to change it to excerpt. I fucking don't like the fact that they use the word highlight here. Cosby admits to giving quaaludes to other women. Uh, did you ever give the quaaludes to any other female, but an accuser's name is redacted here. Uh, Cosby says yes, and the questioner says, and then you also gave quaaludes to other women who have not come forward. Cosby admits again, yes. <clears throat> Let's see. <laughs> Cosby, describing how he believes women react to sex. <clears throat> and how was that applicable to Andrea Constand, your situation with Andrea? Bill Cosby, the act of the penile entrance is something that I feel the woman will succumb to more of a romance and more of a feeling. Not love, but it's deeper than a playful situation. I don't even know what he's trying to say here, but that's very fucking problematic whatever it is he's trying to say here in his jello pudding way uh so well i my assumption well i was gonna say my, my assumption is that what he's trying to say is that a it's his word against theirs b you have no evidence so as long as i say i don't know and i complete the fifth well i mean that case closed essentially in his mind and 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 c well it was all consensual all of it. And also, apparently, if you put your dick in something, like, that just means that you get to keep it. Like, that seems like what he's trying to say in that last statement. I really have no fucking idea. What, Like I said, whatever it is, it's a bunch of bullshit. And the other thing that colors Bill Cosby also is that he was held up, again, as a paragon of virtue. I mean, it's kind of weird how these things happen because even since the 1960s, he admitted to having all kinds of extra marital affairs. And another one of the excerpts from the deposition here is the question is, you said just moving on. What did you mean by that? Cosby answers, changing. Have you decided to stop having extra marital affairs? And Cosby answers, no. So he's been having extra marital affairs for decades. Okay. And Look, I don't know if, if that's your arrangement with your wife, I guess, whatever. But when you're holding somebody up as a paragon, this, this person who is an icon of a nuclear family, of an educated family, of a stable family, and all he's doing off in the background for decades is cheating on women and allegations are flying around of him being a philanderer and a sexual predator. It kind of, to me, in a sense, I guess again, because I'm not black, it doesn't make sense to a certain extent to not be able to accept this at this point, because 
again, it's something that's been an, an open, not even like a secret. It's been open in the industry for decades. It's been talked about before by other celebrities in his orbit. And it wasn't until 2014, again, when we progressed, quote unquote, that all this started to, to turn in terms of public opinion. But again, like, right? I mean, the, the, we've known about this for a long time. Like, how does that color the conversation in your eyes? Well, I mean, it's imagine. <sighs> I know. How can I put this? It's look when you when it comes to a situation like Bill Cosby. I mean, I can like I speak for myself, or yeah, I can speak for myself. There are a lot of situations where, as as black person, you know, you kind of say, "Well, hell, you know, where's the proof?" You know, a lot of times you're being accused of things, and again. In a lot of instances, historically, they've been baseless allegations. You know, like I said before, if you're going to take someone down that we hold in such high regard, you know, as, you know, a person of color, it's kind of like, well, hey, again, before you do this, show me, you know, what, what he's done. Because, you know, these are serious crimes. And it's not to say that I'm not willing to believe you, but I mean, you know, no, Again, this is a hard conversation to have. I mean, I know you that you, you know that like to be fair, I know that you at this point you logically believe the allegations. I just want to make that distinction uh, no, between uh, well, no, well, absolutely. The, between the I mean, feeling, again, which is which is again, it's part of the problem. I'm going to be honest about that. That's part of the problem we have as a society well, and as men. I'll admit that our feelings in these instances are something that ends up sabotaging the conversation. And I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. I'm throwing myself under that. No, table. no. No, yeah. I, I, I'm just saying that, you know, this this is at least how I felt before, you know, I, at this point. When, again, when the, me, so when the allegations you know, first started to come to very, well, very well, public well, light I, rather than the rumblings and the, the conversations that kind of took place in the background. over, over well, the well, again, if it, yeah. well, again, like as in any situation, if you're going to accuse somebody of something, you want to see proof, you want to see evidence. And, you know, a lot of it was, yes. He should. He said. She said. You know. Isn't that the, and again, he kept, that's the problem, though, in these cases. Isn't yes, and and also keep in mind. I mean, he was being. You know, he he was. You know, there were uh, other trials. Not the first time he was. He was. You know, sent to trial. You know, he was being let off in all these. You no, know, he was being. Huh, I'm going to have myself. He was accused of all these things in the past, but as you said, there was never enough evidence mounted in order to get him convicted so again in a lot in the eyes of a lot of people it just seems like it's you know it's persecution you know it's like how many more times can you go through this clearly you know i'm just saying as far as historically you know now i mean to me it's playing this day the man's guilty of sin i mean again he said it you know i mean you can he's using his own words you can use his own words and see what he said what he wrote he admitted to it he did it you know i mean it's 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 not even a question. Like the man's guilty, yeah. he is. He to but I'm just saying, like you know, as it, uh, drugs to the yeah, he admitted to drugs. Yeah, he admitted women, to drugging women, giving it to them. He, he admitted to doing know, it without their knowledge. So all of these things. I mean, I, I mean, he never. He, he the one thing he, he he never fully came 
clean and said, okay, I raped them. Like that, that's the one thing he never said. He would always say, okay, I, I drugged them to relax them because, oh, they seemed stressed or whatever excuse he would yeah. use. But he would never go so far as to say, oh, I forced myself on these women. It was always, oh, well, the vibe I got was. It was consensual. You In know, every case, he would say yes. that it was, okay, even if I drugged them, like it was still consensual, like, which... Because my, I'm assuming what my intention wasn't to drug them, to rape them. It was to relax them. And, oh, well, hey, I, I, I know how she's felt about me for all this time. So I, I guess that was my chance. I mean, I don't know what his, re- his reasoning was. I mean, he can, you know, justify it all he wants. So, I mean, you know, that's how he sees it. And I think a lot of it in this instance is, you know, maybe in a sick, twisted sort of way, I, I, he really believes what he thinks, you know, what he says. This whole, I, I think that's a big part of it. You know, I think he's convinced himself to this point, you know, like it was consensual or maybe that's what he has to think in order to fall asleep at night. I don't know. But I mean, he's damn sure been sticking to that story for 50 years. I mean, do you so, think it's like, I mean, it's got to be like a certain narcissism. It's certain it's in order to be that well, detached I mean, from reality. Or is it is it a generational thing? Like, it's kind of hard to even no, say. No, extent. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. I mean, a lot of it's, it's narcissistic in the sense of, again, you know, as the, in the case of Bill Cosby, just like a Harvey Weinstein, I mean, you put these people on, the, on a pedestal, you give these people this much power, and it does go to their head. You know, a lot of it is a God complex, you know. Um, when, you, when you haven't been punished for something, um, and you keep on doing mean, you, you after a while, I'm assuming you feel as if either there's nothing wrong with it or you can get away with it. You know, um, but I which, I, I, which do you think it was in his case? Because I know you kind of named both of those possibilities. Do you think that he didn't think there was anything wrong, or do you think that he thought he could get away with it? I think well, I, I I think it's again a little bit of both. I think that it was a lot of you know, do you know who I am? And a lot of it was also, like I said, I I, I think he believed his own hype. You got money, you know, and, and again, he got lawyers, so he got. He yeah. got clout in order to get rid of all this, and he has networks and and all kinds of people backing him. And and he's and he's also, I mean, you know, he's you know he's settled you know other you know accusations out of court, you know. So he a lot of you know I'm assuming a lot of instances he felt well, okay, I can do this and get away with it, and I can just throw some money at the problem and it goes away. That's what I'm assuming is what he thought in this instance. Clearly, he was wrong. Or maybe he wasn't because, well, hell, he's free again, right? So I guess he was. I mean, he spent, what, three, a little over two or uh, – Yeah, almost three, three years, almost I think. I don't think it was old. He went to yeah, jail I think it was about September 25th, right? And he got out yeah. uh, June 30th. So just under three years in prison. And I, I guess I kind of wonder – you know, I didn't get bother to research this, but I wonder what kind of prison he was in, like what kind of club fed or – Something like that. Right? No, I think no, I I think it was a standard like, you know, run of the mill prison. I don't think he was given any special treatment, besides the fact that Pop- you know he's legally blind. No, I, I I don't I don't think he was. I think I thought he was general population. You know, there had to be some sort of accommodation uh, for him. Maybe because he was no, but well, because he was old and because he's because he's rich. And he's legally blind too. Yeah. You know, I think that you know I don't know if he could put him in general population. I don't even know how that works, but. You know, name recognition and all that stuff also comes into play, you know, but uh, I don't think I assume I, mean, I wasn't there, but my guess is from my surmise, he wasn't given any special treatment again. You know, he was convicted, you know, so I don't think that they were just kind of like, oh, hey, Bill, you know, I could be wrong. I don't know. But it seemed like he was kind of treated like everybody else.
so to as far as Bill Cosby could be in prison, I guess. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Yeah. All right. Well, let's. I want to move on to essentially what I find kind of problematic with. Let's let's not even say the 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 legal aspects of it, but the problems around the conversation about these accusations to a certain extent. So we're going to get into the term "believe women." Okay. Uh, and there's. This is, again, a whole other conversation that we can have. And I don't want to get too deeply into this, to be perfectly honest, without a woman present, because I don't want to claim to speak for anyone, any group, any, you know, that can't essentially speak for themselves. I don't want to say that my opinion or my thoughts on it are, are the end all be all, because at the end of the day, I'm still a dude. So I, I really I, I don't get it. No matter how much I I try to logically wrap my head around how these things feel, how these things progress, I can't do that. Okay. So let me stop fucking apologizing and say, here's the thing that I kind of find, have always found problematic um, with the way that we handle these accusations. And here's here's the problem with these kind of trials in general. What is the standard of evidence? I think this has been a conversation for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. Because generally, the standard of evidence is some sort of physical evidence, which is why we have these terrible conversations about when women report these things, okay? This is where the problem, I mean, beyond the, the, the fact, this is where the problem starts again. Let me take that back. But this is kind of where the problem starts in the process of reporting these things. Because there's this onus on a woman who's been through trauma, like one of the worst situations that a human being, or not just a woman, okay? Again, let me, that a person has been through, right? It's one of the worst traumas that a person can go through to be assaulted in this way, to be violated in this way. And our expectation is that we then drag them into a police station and we probe them like, like a fucking alien probing somebody that they've kidnapped to try to get physical evidence. I mean, even trying to describe the process as it, as it stands, as it, as, as we do it, I mean, anywhere in the world, right? Essentially that kind of onus on the victim to prove through physical evidence that something happened is already a part of the problematic aspect where it comes to believing women because even the way that we investigate these things. When somebody, for instance, when I, if I were to go to a police station right now and say that somebody attacked me, somebody beat the shit out of me or tried to attack me or tried to rob me or something like that, and I had, I could identify that person. There, there's, it almost seems like in that instance, because of the way that we look at the context of how we how we believe sexual assault survivors versus how we believe all other crimes, right? That would be something that would be investigated immediately. If I said that somebody attacked me and I had identification for that person, the police would go and speak to that person. But there's this different level of the type of evidence that has to be provided in these instances, which is why over and over again, we see this all the time, it ends up being a circus because these things get dismissed for lack of evidence. Again, this evidence that somebody's asked to provide in these moments 
of extreme trauma. Again, some of the worst things that somebody can go through. So, I mean, again, I don't want to try to speak for anyone in, in this situation, anybody that's gone through this, but that's the start of where we have this stupid conversation about like, oh, should we believe women or should we assume innocent until proven guilty? I mean, I think in these cases, the innocent part is always still there, quite obviously. Bill Cosby has been getting away with this for decades. Harvey Weinstein got away with it for decades. Certain people were canceled because that's, in a sense, very sadly, in the way that our current legal system handles these things, that's the only way that people can get some sort of justice, right? In this case, the justice for Bill Cosby is that he's probably not going to work again. He'll never be seen in the same way that he was before all of these allegations finally came to a head and all of America basically fucking realized, at least most of America basically realized that he's a sexual fucking predator. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But again, that like, I'm going to get off my soapbox now because, again, I don't want to pretend to speak for anyone. And I would definitely love to hear your thoughts, everyone's thoughts on this sort of little tirade, this little rant I went on about like the burden of proof in America, the burden of proof in these situations, the horrible things that we ask survivors of these horrible, horrible crimes to go through. Um, and, you know, I definitely would would want to speak to someone, to speak to a woman in the future about maybe some context on that. But I'm going to leave it at that. Um, let's jump back into Bill Cosby again really quickly for some final thoughts. I'm not even going to ask you to give an opinion on that because that was just me, again, putting my layman's thoughts out there, we'll say in this. What, mm-hmm. what happens next with Bill Cosby, I guess, is the question. Again, it's a broad one. But you're asking me? Yeah, I mean, I'm asking you. I'm asking myself <laughs> at the same time because I'm going to try to answer this myself. Like, what changes now? What changes for Black America? Maybe let's start with that. Like, has anything changed? Well, I, I, I mean, I mean, that, that, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't know if anything. They're all tough ones. That's why we're here. I mean. Let's put it this way. The court of public opinion a lot of times can be a strong one. You know, we've seen it in the past with a Louis C.K., right? I mean, he was another comedian that was, uh, you know, accused of sexual you know, assault. Mm-hmm. Um, and the court of public opinion, just like Kevin Spacey, who's been referenced before, you know, society essentially puts their stigma on you know, people like that, um, guilty or innocent. Um, I think I was, I, I, I was reading an article uh, not too long ago where I think they were saying that Bill Cosby, <laughs> A, Bill Cosby is trying to find a way to sue the state of Pennsylvania, um, essentially for wrongful imprisonment um, because theoretically he should be compensated uh, for his time in jail and for his mental pain and anguish. And physical and emotional trauma, go figure. And the other thing is that he's trying to also, <laughs> um, maybe again, this kind of speaks to how he feels about himself. He's looking to do a comedy tour. 
I mean, never mind the fact that he's 83 legally blind, you know, and just got to jail, but, you know, he thinks that there are people out there that want to see what he has to say. I don't know what the hell he would actually have, you know, to say comedically. I have no idea. And if he's going to go in and start shaking his finger at people and saying, well, this is what you ought to do. <laughs> Not now, my friend. But That'll end about as well as it did I, last time, I would imagine. Well, like I said, the court of public opinion, basically, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody would go to see but could be wrong. I mean, people are saying Louis C.K. He didn't go to prison yeah. for what he did, but people, yeah. he, again, this is another instance where he admitted that he did this thing, that he did yeah. those things. These aren't just mere accusations; they're admission. I mean, but but is it? But don't they, that one thing that I always hear about America that I always keep on hearing is that oh, this is a land of second chances, right? Oh, every time that you know somebody can save because somebody can do wrong if you're a celebrity. And all you have to say is essentially own up to it and say, I'm sorry, and I did my time, and okay, we'll forgive you. I highly doubt that would be the that uh, that would happen in this instance, at least I would say with a very big portion of America. Um, you know, I, I, there are still some, you know, there, there's still a portion of America that feels, and I guess worldwide, that, you know, it feels as if, you know, these charges are still trumped up and just allegations. Despite what he said, I mean, Felicia Rashad was celebrating, right? I uh, she was celebrating his, look, his release. The, uh, what was it? A miscarriage of justice uh, has been corrected after all these years. I think is what she mm-hmm. said. Um, and if I, I, I know that she had gotten her fair share of uh, backlash as well. Um, you know, I would like. I would really like to hear her side of this whole thing. I mean, you know, she worked with him. You know, very close. She was the man's television wife. You know, for eight years. You know, I, I, clearly she still thinks of him as a friend. But I would like to know, I guess, how she came to think what she said would be accepted, especially on social media. I, I like. I just like to hear what she, where she's coming from with all of this. Um, I don't know if it's just, hey, you know, it's your friend and. You know, she's a ride or die. I don't know, <laughs> but man, I think she's got some explaining to do. Let's put it that way. I mean, uh, let's see. That's clear, Huxtable man. She even, she even continues. Damn. Well, she's very outspoken. So she'll probably continue to say a lot uh, in regards to this as we go move forward. As the possibility of a Bill Cosby comedy tour comes into the into focus, the possibility of him suing the state of Pennsylvania, which is something that, like you said, he's exploring. And that's another ironic conversation when you talk about black men who ha- actually are wrongfully imprisoned for decades and like don't get a pot to piss in when for any of that wrongful imprisonment imprisonment for for decades. But yeah, well, you, you did. I don't know if you saw. I was, sorry, not to cut right. you off. I was just saying. I don't know if you saw the statement that he uh, came out with, or his spokesperson came out mm-hmm. with. Um, when he was released, he you know basically had said more or less, you know he framed it in the context of you know essentially Black America, you know was uh, was I wouldn't say persecuted, but you know essentially his his release was a wrong that was righted not just for him but for Black America in the sense you know um, again based on legal grounds. Um, 
I, so he's leading, he's, leading a lot, a lot of it, he's leading the way as he always has according to well him. yeah but look it's it's it, it, it takes two in this situation right i mean he as much as he wants to make a comeback you know a venue has to be willing to have him and uh i if i'm mistaken i think i read that there was already one venue that's already gone on record saying that they wouldn't have him and i highly doubt again that there'd be many venues that would be willing to open their arms up to a Bill Cosby performance. I could be wrong, but I'm going to wager a guess that it's going to be awfully hard for him to mount the tour one way or the other. Just my guess. For him to return to the comedy stage. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to essentially agree, and it's unfortunate that that's the, the worst that he's going to get in terms of a punishment is that I don't want to say he's irrelevant. He's still probably just as relevant if not more so as a result oh, he's very much relevant no 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 he's he's more relevant now than relevance ever. not being especially positive be- in this instance no well i was gonna say i mean well think of it i mean you said at the beginning you know he was essentially one of the first that you know was convicted you know as far you know you know during the me too movement you know what 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 does this mean for the movement in a sense you know that's another question i mean you know for those women that feel that you know at least, you know, you can look at a Bill Cosby, someone who is powerful and thought they can get away with it and see that he too can be brought to justice. You know, I mean, you ask the question, you know, what now for Bill Cosby? What now for the women, you know, that, you know, he attacked? What now for any woman that comes out in the future that has been attacked and sees this as an example of, you know, injustice? You know, I mean, there, there, are, a lot of, there are a lot of ways you can go with this. I mean, that's a huge part of the problem um, because this is just another example yeah. of, Again, through a technicality, but it it was because he had the money and the power and the influence in order to even make this deal in the first place, which is what ended up backfiring on the prosecution in this instance. So it does make it harder, and it's it's a huge slap in the face, which is what some of the women who accused him, I think Lily Bernard came out and said those exact words, uh, it's a slap in the face to see him now be freed from prison on what is a technicality regardless of the details of the technicality you you put your life in the public eye for more than a decade and especially in the last few years in in order to further the the to to further the progress on bringing this man to justice and now after your life was affected in this way destroyed in this way, both by the incident and by the aftermath, again, which is so fucking problematic from the moment that it occurs to the moment we're at now, it, 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 it's totally disheartening because that's been the issue in America for a long time. Just the act of, of coming out and saying, I was attacked, I was sexually assaulted, is it's, it's almost you're looked down upon. And this is something that's going to make that conversation maybe even worse, which is why I wanted to talk about this today, because it's just going to, it, you know, it, it's going to make it even harder in this era where we're trying to advance towards a society that gives everybody equal rights, equal share, equal consideration, you know, gives these accusations, the, the, the respect at the very least that they deserve to investigate them. It's, it's going to make this all a heck of a lot worse to a certain extent. 
when you can see this this kind of thing occur. And again, because of the fact that in most instances, it's just the court of public opinion. There's no legal justice for any of these men or women who have been assaulted by these rich, powerful men in Hollywood, black or white. So, I mean, I don't know. I got to leave it off there, I think. This was, like you said, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a tough conversation to have. It's a very tough conversation to have. It was a t- very tough thing to do research for um, and just to have to read all about it. And, 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 you know, that's just me, again, having to talk about it. I didn't have to live it. So, you know, I guess I have to kind of send my heart out to those women who accuse Bill Cosby. And today they're kind of looking up and, and, and seeing him not really brought to justice after they thought that that chapter was closed. It's got to be the hardest fucking thing in the world. Um, yeah, let's leave it off at that question. Yeah. Um, I want to thank yeah. those of y'all to, that took the time to listen to my opinions and questions, opinions on this very difficult episode. Uh, I would definitely love to hear from some of you on your opinions on what we talked about today. Um, you can get at us on Instagram, slide into our DMs at Positively Cynical. You can do the same on Facebook Messenger, Positively Cynical, on Twitter at Cynic Positively, and hit us up at Positively Cynical Podcast at gmail.com. Again, this was a tough episode, so I would love to hear some feedback from all of y'all because. To be honest, it's my friends that make me a better person. It's the people that I know that keep me honest. And y'all are the reason that I have these conversations, that I go to these places. Because uh, the conversation like this is, I think, something that can actually serve us all, hopefully. So, yeah, on that note, you know, for the podcast, Positively Cynical, please comment, like, rate, share, and subscribe on our social media platforms. We'll do the same for y'all, as I've always promised. If you're trying to build something, uh, we'll help you out on your social media platforms as well. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Positively Cynical, and um, we're signing off, y'all. Say goodbye, question. Goodbye, question. Thank- same time next time. Thank you, everyone. See you later. Thank you very much, everyone. Take care.